Welcome, everybody. You are listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. And if you have been listening, you may be aware that we are uh, doing a mini-series right now about mental health. This is something that I think is extremely important uh, for many reasons. But one, as most of us are healthcare providers, um, we know that mental health and physical health are just fundamentally related. And to not have an understanding of both, I think, would be a disservice to all of our patients and clients. Uh, but as well, most of us know somebody or ourselves have struggled with mental health and we live in a time now which it's pretty cool that it's not a taboo thing to talk about. So uh, we are having some guests on to give us less of the science behind mental health. You know, we're not talking to doctors, we're not talking to other healthcare professionals. We're talking to people who live day to day with mental health concerns. So today we're talking to somebody who, for the sake of the recording, we are going to call Lisa, uh, which is not her real name. And uh, Lisa lives in Northern Ontario with her two children. And the reason I wanted to have her on today is, uh, again, if you've been reading the blogs, um, I, I spoke about how I had uh, suffered with postpartum anxiety. And it was the first time in my entire life that I could fully understand and appreciate what somebody with anxiety deals with on a day-to-day -day basis. And also having to function as a mother, as sort of the, you know, the CEO of your entire household and you know dealing with your the own your own shit that's going through your head so uh lisa is here she is also a mother and she also deals with anxiety so hi lisa thank you for being with us today hi thanks for having me all right so the uh i guess the best way to start here is to give us a little bit of a backstory on you sort of who you are what you're doing and um what types of mental health concerns you're dealing with? Uh, so I'm married. I'm 35 and I have two kids and I've been diagnosed uh, multiple times with uh, severe generalized anxiety and agoraphobia as well, which is, you know, just a fear of people. Mm -hmm. um, so other than that, and I mean, those usually are accompanied by depression, just the anxiety tends to all that overthinking, right, mm -hmm. tends to lead to the depression. So I've been diagnosed with those for um, a few times, actually, over the last two decades. Okay. So this is something that um, started for you well before having children then. I think your oldest, you said, is 10? Yes? Yes. Okay. So yes. even before children, anxiety was something you dealt with. Yes. Okay. Um, what is, what, how would you describe anxiety to somebody who has no idea what it feels like to be anxious for seemingly no reason? You know, that's a really difficult one um, because my husband does not have any anxiety. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure he has some form of anxiety, but not uh, as bad as I do. Um, that to him, it, it, trying to explain it to him is just very, very difficult. So, I mean, it's just, um, overthinking, mm -hmm. overthinking absolutely everything um, from just, you know, what you're wearing that day and uh, will someone comment on it, which is where the agoraphobia comes in. Just mm -hmm. being, and just for me, it was a lot of um, fear of what people thought. Okay. Honestly, how to explain it? It's just uh, every morning I wake up and my brain starts going and I can't stop it. And even though these thoughts I know are irrational for the most part, um, I don't know how to control it. Mm -hmm. And then some leads to anger and just feeling sad. And it's, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. 
Um, actually, that's something I want to expand on a little bit is I started out writing my blog um, saying that for a lot of people, myself included, before I had to deal with anxiety, um, you cannot understand how a seemingly um, healthy adult that, you know, seems to sort of have their shit together, well-educated, you can't understand how somebody could feel that out of control with their own mind and their own thoughts. And it wasn't until I actually experienced it. And uh, I explained it that exact way that at the time it's happening, when I'm having whatever form of anxiety attack I'm having, um, I know that I'm being irrational. It's it, that's That's not the problem. I don't think most of the time that there's anything to be anxious about. Is that how you feel that you know that you don't need to be anxious, but you can't stop it anyway? Pretty much. I mean, you know, I try to tell my, like I coach myself when I go out in public, like these people are doing their own things. They don't care what you're doing or, you know, like, oh my God, the kid is sick. It's okay. It's just a cold. There's nothing worse. You know, you're not a bad parent or actually a really good example. My daughter broke her leg this summer. And I didn't take her in right away. We kind of thought she was faking it. But then the anxiety of, oh, my God, what are these people thinking about me? Am I a terrible mother? I should have brought her in right away. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't wait to bring her in. I took her in the next day. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like, And it was just, okay, well, what happens now? And I know I'm being irrational. I know these doctors are like, no, you brought her in. You know, you're doing what you need to do. But it, it just, I couldn't stop it. And then, you know, the fear of maybe having CAS involved or just... And it spins out of control. Mm-hmm. What um, what types of symptoms are like? Would you say you experience when you're like sort of having an anxiety attack? Is it, you know, you'd mentioned the anger, and I know that for me, when I would get incredibly anxious, um, it it came out as like random outbursts of anger. So that's something that that happens with you as well. Oh, absolutely, and it's you know anger that I just I can't control. It comes out of nowhere and. Finally, when I, I guess, spewed out all the evil, I I can take a look back and then I feel horrible for everything that I've said and done because I'm like, that wasn't me. That And I didn't know that was a symptom of anxiety until like maybe a year ago. Yeah. So I've just been raging my whole life without realizing that it was anxiety. And you know what? You're not, you're not alone in that. I had no idea. And for people listening, um, I actually reached out to Lisa because it was something she posted on uh, social media that made me um, be better able to sort of explain this to my husband as well. It's that I, um, my, my random outbursts of anger really didn't have anything to do with anybody doing anything wrong. And it, it wasn't me. It was, I would get so overwhelmed and so anxious that even though I knew that I shouldn't be, you know, yelling at my kids or yelling at my husband or, you know, biting my lip because I'm so mad and so frustrated, I couldn't control it until the anxiety level came down. And I had mm-hmm. no idea that that was a symptom of anxiety, I started to think like, wow, I'm just a really mean person. Right. Maybe some anger management, you know, some ways to deal with this. But really, it's learning how to deal with your anxiety. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes you feel better in a silly way when you know that, okay, it is me, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Anything else, like when you start to feel anxious, because I know, you know, anxiety presents differently for a lot of people. Is there anything else that happens to you that you know, like you're having severe anxiety at this moment? Um, The panic attacks have been a lot less over the years, but uh, I think one of the first signs is, um, for me, 
my hands start to get really cold. My nose gets really cold. It's like my heart is pumping so hard, like all the blood in my extremities is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's usually a sign that could, you know, unravel if I don't kind of try to step back from the situation. And, you know, that could lead to like hyperventilation. It can lead, but that's like the extreme cases. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, honestly, it would definitely be um, the, the anger is uh, one of the worst ones. It's, uh, you know, you have an appointment coming up. And a couple of days before the ap- the appointment leading up to it, I feel myself getting more angry, more irritable and more, you know, like a shorter fuse. Anything set me off. I mean, the kid spills a glass of milk and it's the end of the world. But really, mm-hmm. it's not. And then I have to realize I'm like, OK, so this is what's going on in a couple of days. I was fine before that. You know, I I'm actually doing some mindfulness exercises and it's really difficult to deal with all of this. Mm-hmm. You said it's been going on for two decades. So, but you didn't really know that this is what was going on. Uh, what finally sort of either pushed you to get a diagnosis or how did you finally figure out that you've been dealing with anxiety for, you know, more than half of your life? Uh, so it's been a term that's just been kind of thrown around a lot by a psychiatrist that I've seen, but I never felt that I uh, had any Uh, more info on it. It's actually uh, maybe five or six years ago, I was seeing uh, a counselor and she was the one that pretty much was patient enough and explained it to me in terms that I could understand. And then I started reading up on it and finding out that, oh my goodness, this is so fitting. This is totally me. This is what I live every day. So what was that? Like, tell, tell me about that. What finally sort of made the light bulb go off that you're like, yes, I, this is, this is what I am dealing with. Um, It's just, she had suggested, the counselor had suggested that I join up for like a stress and anxiety management program. And, you know, when I went there, there was maybe like 10 other people sitting there. Everybody was very quiet and very reserved. Nobody made eye contact. And you know what? I, I, I had a ridiculous amount of anxiety and again it's thinking what people are thinking of me but really everybody was thinking the same thing what is everybody thinking of me mm-hmm. um and it's just going through all the material that she had and you know just the different kinds of dressers and honestly i i can't even be more specific it just feels like it was so long ago mm-hmm. and honestly reading up on it and there's like a the mighty on mental health and stuff like that on social media and any kind of articles like that I felt actually made me feel better in the sense that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. There's so other out there, but it, and it had to come from me wanting to change and be aware of it. And also being a parent and me, you know, losing my mind and just yelling at the kids some days where I just couldn't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I wanted for them, you know, kind of like, break the anxiety cycle because I'm causing them anxiety by me being anxious and me being angry. Are you, um, are you open with your kids? I mean, they're, they're pretty young, but do they, do they know anything about your own mental health status? Do you guys talk about it? Um, The little one is definitely too small and I don't think he would have a concept of anything that I said to him. But our daughter who is 10 and pretty much, you know, going on 17, Mm -hmm. uh, I've had conversations with her and, you know, and I've told her, you know, like um, there's many things that people talk about and, you know, there's many diseases people talk about, but one of them is mental health. Nobody talks about how our brains are. Some people have functioning brains, some people don't. And that's something that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And I told 
know what? Mommy has a sick brain. I mean, there's medication that we can take. There's classes that I take. There's, you know, yoga. There's all these different things that I have tried to help bring the anxiety down. And she's aware. Mm-hmm. She understands. She's, um, she's an old soul. She's very compassionate. And, you know, she sees I'm having a bad day. She'll come up and give me a hug and oh. remind me, you're a good mom and I love you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's really sweet. What about um, what about your relationship with your husband before an actual diagnosis? Um, did this cause issues with your marriage, or has he always been pretty supportive of what you're going through? He's always been very supportive, but I'm I'm very sure that it's been very difficult over the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I could be a very horrible person at times, and you know what? I know that he knows it's not who I am. And I think that's why he puts up with it. But he is just the most patient person I've ever met. And I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's about. But, you know, he, he's been wonderful throughout the whole process, even though he doesn't always understand um, or agree. You know, he's always done his part to be supportive. That's good. Does he, uh, does he try to... Uh, the best way I can phrase this is like offer solutions. Like I'll give you an example. So I had no idea when I had my first daughter, I didn't know what postpartum anxiety was actually, because you hear a lot about postpartum depression. Um, And I, I didn't, I didn't feel depressed. I would get sad sometimes. I would get sad, but I would get sad more because I was anxious. Exactly what you described at the beginning. You know, you can, it can start to make you feel sad, but I didn't feel depressed. You know, I didn't feel that I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to function. So I didn't, I didn't classify myself as having postpartum depression. So I never brought anything up to my, my doctors, but I definitely had this feeling of like, um, I became sort of like hyper type A. You know, like I needed to feel in control of everything because I felt that I wasn't in control of my own mind. So I became like this crazy drill sergeant at home. You know, things had to be done in such a way I I read. I read everything. Like I was always researching things. Any decision I made for my, my first child, you know, this was after probably, you know, a week of researching all of the possible outcomes of every possible choice. I mean, down to like, even what she ate, like I became very, very crazy. And um, my, my husband, with the best intentions would say things to me, like, you know, whether it's this or this, is it really going to change who she is as a person? Is this, you know, is this negatively going to, and he was, he was doing it out of a good place, but he was trying to offer me these solutions. And it was actually like, making me feel um, probably more anxious because then I got that feeling that you described of like judgment, like he's, he's judging me because I'm, I'm being responsible. And then it would just snowball into angry outbursts at him. Does that, does that yep. make any sense? <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Oh my goodness. I, I'm sitting here nodding and smiling because I'm like, okay, someone else understands, <laughs> you know? Oh, I, I understand that. And it's the fear of letting go of what you can physically control because you can't control what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But yeah, no, um, my husband would do the same thing. You know, he'll, he's, it's really funny. I say that I'm the realist and he's the optimist and he sees himself as the realist and I'm the pessimist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's absolutely the most optimistic person that I know. So, and he wants to fix everything. He is Mr. Fix it. So many times where he'll say something, you know, totally 
um, not trying to be hurtful, but just trying to be supportive. And either I take it the wrong way or it's nothing like actually not too long ago, he offered help with supper. And I looked at him. I was like, instead of just saying, no, thanks. I got it. I was like, what? You think I can't handle this? Yes. 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 <laughs> what? I didn't ask you for help. Yeah. It's fine. So, I mean, it's just, it's a constant battle, right? And he just kind of walks away and he's like, all right. Yeah, we had, um, this was a long time ago, but that just triggered a memory in me of um, same same concept. My husband wanted to help out and he was offering suggestions because he could see that I was overwhelmed, you know, between working, between taking care of, at the time, just our one daughter. And uh, he could see that I needed a little extra help. So his suggestion was, why don't you give me sort of a list of things to do so I could help you out? And I guess I wasn't having a good day and I snapped back with like, well, you're just giving me more work to make the list. And it turned into an argument because he had no idea that, you know, my outbursts were because of any kind of anxiety because I didn't know. And so, you mm -hmm. know, of course he just felt like, wow, I just tried to fucking help you and I just got my face ripped off. So his response was, why are you always trying to be a martyr? And in that moment, I could have actually murdered him if I didn't want to go to jail and leave my child without a mother. But I couldn't, I didn't even understand why I was so angry at him. Like, you know, his intent was, let me help my wife. And I was like, ah, I'm going to kill you. Exactly. Yeah. And again, it's that giving up that control that you can control while you can't control your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes so that's to say well it, yeah it makes absolute sense and I it, it took a really it took until after you know when I had my second daughter um it was even worse the anxiety it just became tenfold although outwardly I actually probably appeared more calm the calmness was because I um I had an idea of sort of the phases that I was going to go through yes all babies are different but so that you know first time mom fear was gone. So it was just the actual anxiety. So outwardly, I probably seemed to, you know, be a little bit more relaxed with, you know, nap times and meal times because I knew, you know, ultimately she wasn't going to die if she ate 10 minutes later. <laughs> but the anxiety inside me was worse of feeling judgments. I felt I had to justify everything to everybody. Um, it, it actually it actually caused me to uh, lose a friendship. I don't know if you've experienced that in any way, but it actually destroyed a friendship of mine. Unfortunately, I do. And actually, this was a fairly recent thing for me as well. So that also does not help with the, you know, the feelings that come with it. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you mind share? I mean, I, I know you probably don't want to share all the details to give yourself away, but do you mind giving an example of like how, what happened? And I, I don't mind sharing my story as well, but I want to hear from you. Um, okay. But we, we're not going to post all of it. <laughs> we're not going to share all of it, but, uh, definitely, um, you know what? It was just, uh, I think there was some anxiety with, you know, um, financial situations and stuff like that. And, you know, struggling and, having to come up with a certain amount of money for whatever else, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're on a bit and then, you know, seeing someone who just seemed to have it all and as selfish as that sounds on my part, it wasn't, it's not that she didn't have her struggles. It's just that she seemed to have an easy button and I was getting resentful and, and it was giving me really bad anxiety. And then I was starting to feel really horrible about myself and, you know, just these feelings and it just, you know, and then I started to push away. Mm -hmm. Right. 
she noticed I was pushing away and then, you know, we had to have the conversation and then, you know, and she felt that she had to censor herself around me and then it just kind of dissolved and it's terrible. She was one of my closest friends. Yeah. And and I told her, I'm like, I'm sorry, it's not you. It's completely me. And I I don't know how to deal with all of this. Like I'm, I'm still struggling and I'm still trying to like get a grip on this. Well, that's the thing is that, again, when you don't really understand um, anxiety to its fullest, which I don't even know if I do, I just, I know my experience and I'm really, really learning that everybody experiences these things differently. But in my situation, I had a friend, uh, same thing, a very, very close friend, and uh, she actually dealt with anxiety as well. She had been dealing with it her entire life. Um, And I don't know if if I'm correct in this, but my assumption, and again, it might've been my own mind playing tricks on me, but I felt that because she dealt with anxiety and hers was very different, like she had more of the, um, she would get nervous, she would get scared, she would create scenarios in her mind of like the worst possible thing that was going to happen. You know, she thought that every time she left her home that she was going to get in a car accident and die. Like that was sort of how her anxiety presented. I don't think she could quite understand my my anger, my um, just general f- feelings of being overwhelmed by small things. So uh, we had taken our children out on an excursion one day and her older daughter, whom seriously, I, I loved like one of my own kids. Like it, it was not, I didn't have any negative feelings about this kid, but she, um, I, I guess I said some things um, that were overheard about how much her daughter was causing me anxiety because of certain behaviors. And it was causing me anxiety because then my, my child started to repeat these behaviors. And um, it, uh, yeah, anyway, these things got back to her. And the number of times I tried to explain that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really talking about your kid. This was all just me venting anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of being a mom, you can understand you're going to do everything to protect your kids. I understand why oh. she was really upset. And we've just, we've never been the same since then. And I hate that it wasn't me, you know, it wasn't me. I don't think that in a normal circumstance, the child's behavior was even anything out of the norm for what a toddler would do. But in that moment when I was super anxious, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. These are, these are really difficult things. And I mean, when you look back on it, you learn from it, unfortunately, but it's true. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to try my best to not have this happen again. Mm-hmm. I think awareness is the best thing. It sucks, but it's the best because without it, you're just going to repeat these same patterns. Yeah. Um, Do you mind sharing sort of some of the strategies that you've been given, you know, either by doctors that you've seen, therapists that you've seen, some things that you're doing to try to function day to day with this? Uh, So the main thing is what most doctors will do is prescribe. Um, Mm -hmm. So I finally, you know, agreed to being medicated. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, it seems to help, but the thing is, um, they always have to increase the dose because the anxiety, it's, you know, the medication's not enough. So right. I, uh, take, I've tried, uh, you know, stress and anxiety management classes. Um, so really what they preach is mindfulness and how to do things like in the moment. And that is a lot more difficult than it sounds um, mm-hmm. to the point where mindfulness is the word that I've now become to not like so much. 
<laughs> and I kind of use it in a mocking way. Um, but it's true. Mindfulness is really something. Um, so now actually uh, they teach breathing techniques, you know, like breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth and trying to be aware of your body and try to let go of the tenseness which is another thing that I've noticed with the anxiety is I'm very, very tense. Um, I grind my teeth. I break teeth sometimes, at, you know, without meaning to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, breathing techniques. But what I found has worked for me is um, sometimes I just put on some like classical music or something at night when I'm trying to go to sleep mm-hmm. and try to focus on the music. And when I drift, it's okay like to start thinking about other stuff. It's, I'm catching myself that I'm not paying attention to the music and then I go back to the music. Right. So it's really, it's, it's really difficult, but it's the only way to like get me out of my head and to stop me from thinking so much because I go to bed and I can't sleep because it's constant thoughts. It's, it never stops. Right. Um, how, how does the agoraphobia come in? You know, when we spoke off mic the other day, you said the agoraphobia for you is like a, like another branch of your anxiety. Um, it just really comes with, you know, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. Uh, there were times where I couldn't eat out in a restaurant because I was afraid of people watching me eat and judging things like that, which is ridiculous. I mean, people go out to the restaurant with their friends to chat, not to go sit and look at other people eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that I, I still struggle with. Uh, I can, I mean, I can do restaurants now. I can do so much more. Um, but there was a time where, you know, grocery shopping was bad because I felt like the cashier was going to judge what I was buying. Especially if I had my kids with me and they'd be like, oh my goodness, you're buying them Fruit Loops instead of strawberries. Right. Um, so, because I mean, everybody judges everybody or in my head they do. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yes, everybody does judge everybody. That is actually, I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't generalize and say everybody. But yeah, I mean, you, when you're out and you're putting yourself out there, yes, you're opening yourself up to judgment. Um, and everybody kind of knows that. But when you are a person dealing with uh, anxiety like this, what, what is, I guess, the fear of being judged? What are, what are you afraid of is going to happen? Honestly, I couldn't even answer that. I, I don't know what would happen. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, when someone's laughing with their friend, I assume they're laughing at me. When someone's whispering something into someone else's ear, they're whispering about me. Right. No, it ha- Absolutely nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now I, I have to get out of the house, but I mean, it's so much easier to just lock yourself away and just not see anybody. Mm-hmm. Not to be honest, when I go to the grocery store, you know, I have like my little routine and I go to the same grocery store. And if I notice that this one cashier is there, I'll always go there because she's super friendly. You know, I'll, I'll try to minimize the stress as much as possible, but still force myself to do some of the things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. How are you, I mean, this has been going on for, like you said, two decades, and now you've got kids and they're older. So obviously you've got to get up and just function every day. What's a typical day like for you? Like from wake up to bed, what what goes through your head or what things do you do to keep yourself functioning for that day? Uh, well... So, you know, from the moment I get up, there's a lot of dread when I get up. It's okay. I have to, you know, get up and I have to go do all these things. And sometimes they get to be monotonous. And sometimes I wish I could have a little more variety. But then it's weird because I don't want it straight from the routine. But, you know, like I get up and then get the kids dressed and drop them off at school. And usually um, I'll do the things that I have to do, like the errands during the day. But if I don't have anything to do, I will come home and retreat Mm -hmm. and stay home. 
still, uh, you know, like do my chores at home, do laundry and cleaning and just do what needs to be done in the house and then go back and pick up the kids and come back. Um, oftentimes, like if our daughter has, you know, any outings or anything like that, I'll see if my husband will be willing to drop her off because I'm not always comfortable going to a new place. Mm-hmm. But and then, you know, like I deal with the kids and I make supper and stuff like that. Uh, my husband goes out a lot, so he's not home often. So I'm home a lot with the kids, which kind of works out. Um, because, you know, sometimes I get to use that as a bit of an excuse. Oh, well, no, I can't go out tonight, even though I really don't want to. And instead of telling them, well, no, I'm struggling with anxiety, I'll just say, well, you know, my husband's not home, so I'm home with the kids tonight. Right. It's kind of a good save sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of feeds the monster. It kind of feeds it because then it just becomes a habit of avoiding people and social situations and stuff like that. So pre-kids, was was that sort of your your MO? Like, did you avoid going out? Were you the person that would always give excuses not to go to functions? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, um, but after my daughter was born, uh, I felt like the opposite, you know, I, uh, I was working and I was going to mom groups and stuff and I made new mom friends and, you know, with kids and everything that, you know, we could relate to certain things and whatnot. And it got better. Um, but then, you know, I had to go back to work and then work ended up not being so great. And then I started feeling very judged at work and very watched by other people that were working there as well. Um, and that started giving me really bad anxiety that I had to leave the job. And I have been a stay at home mom for the last seven years because of it. Right. So it's, uh, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that again, part of the reason I reached out to you is because you are very vocal on your social media about, uh, what you're dealing with. You want people to understand, um, you do post a lot about anxiety, but you've also posted about depression. Do you struggle with some form of depression or is this something that you feel just sort of piggybacks on the anxiety? Um, I do struggle with uh, depression. Unfortunately, it is something that is uh, rampant in my family. Uh, Mm -hmm. We know a lot of uh, mental health issues are in my family. Um, But uh, it's, it's been a part of it. And I really do feel that there are times where the depression is kind of like a symptom of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because when your head and you know you feel like you're worthless and everybody's judging you and nobody's gonna like you and whatever else you can think and it's an internalizing thing and then your brain starts to tell you all these things are right right so then there's a that gets added on which also help you know to avoid life because then you have the agoraphobia and then you have the depression so it's easy to not go anywhere. You're going to hate me, but I'm going to use the word mindfulness. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I can I can really understand how mindfulness exercises would help with that because um, something that you just said when you know you are you're anxious about people judging you and what they're going to think, and if that's the dialogue going through your mind constantly, then yeah, you're going to start to believe it, and of course, that's going to make you sad. Um, so you know. Being able to be aware of the thoughts that are in your mind at specific moments makes a lot of sense as a part of treatment because even if you can't control them, I guess acknowledging them and not just letting them run loose in your brain seems to make a lot of mm-hmm. sense to me anyway. Um, I didn't do any of these types of these types of activities or exercises when I was sort of at the peak of my anxiety. And I think that uh, would have been really helpful, actually. You know, as much as I kind of fought going to these and, you know, 
know, dislike the word mindfulness, it really does help. And it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It really does. I mean, um, most people tend to live in the, you know, in the future, like what if, what if, what if, what if, and instead of just being in the now. So it sounds as silly as sitting and actually drinking your cup of coffee and feeling its warmth and tasting your coffee instead of just gulping it up. Well, we have kids. That's, that's fucking impossible. Come on, move on to something that we can really do. <laughs> like coffee. Come on, drink a hot cup of coffee. That's crazy talk. Um, I know it really is. But no, I, I get it. It is true. A lot of anxiety I can see, of course, is stemming from your brain living in the future. It's not even, you know, you didn't bring it there because like I said before, I now totally understand how you literally can lose lose control of where your thoughts are taking you. And it is uh, it's a pretty fucking scary feeling. It really is. Has there ever been a time in your life where like you sort of feel like it got so out of control that you actually felt really, really scared about what was happening with you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's happened before. Um, I think last year was a very, very tough time where I just, I didn't even know what was happening. I was just, you know, feeling like a complete crazy person and just either laying in bed all day or raging. You know, it was like a flip-flop between the anxiety and the depression. Like, it <laughs> was didn't even know what to expect from day to day. And to be honest, I stumped a lot of the medical community up here because they're like, okay, well, you have some bipolar signs, but you function, which is a big no-go when you have bipolar. You shouldn't be able to function as well as you have. So they, they don't know what's wrong with me kind of thing. And I'm like, I just think it's this anxiety that mm-hmm. I've had for so long that is acting as all these different things. This may be a really silly question, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a massage therapist. So when I meet someone, um, I ask questions that are trying to lead me to understand what's going on with somebody's physical health. And uh, the question I ask everybody is, do you have any idea how this started or what caused this? Like, was there any period of your life that you feel like you can pinpoint that maybe triggered this in you? Honestly, I don't know. Um, if anything, my mother has told me that I she feels that I've been born anxious. Mm-hmm. So, so this honestly, is sort of always there. Yeah, like, you know, I was, a, you know, a difficult baby and whatever and growing up and stuff like that. There's always been some kind of issues. And so I just feel like it's always been who I am. And uh is there any, is there anything that you would want? Like if you could imagine that the entire world is listening to this, which I really hope they are. Because like, that's not scary. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell somebody who has agoraphobia that everyone's listening. No, it's just me and you. Don't worry. Um, but is there anything you would actually want people to understand that you think is maybe something that people don't understand about you and what, and what you struggle with? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I just, I, I, I kind of wish that not necessarily about me, but that um, more people understood that this is a lot more common um, and that the more you read up on it and the more you realize that you're not alone, the better it is and the easier it gets. That now, because you know what, I feel like I've been more aware of things and uh, more in tune with, you know, certain events coming up and how I'm reacting to them. I, I'm definitely more aware now than I was 10 years ago. Right. And understand just go. Um, but you know what, there's so many people struggling out there and it's a shame that I guess not more people are talking about it because I mean we can support one another instead and know, hey, okay, 
I know how you feel. And no, it's okay. You're not losing your mind. It's normal. This Well, it's normal, but it's normal for having anxiety. It's You just have to learn how to cope with it, I guess, because medication is not really that great for anxiety on its own. Mm-hmm. That's what I would probably tell people, like educate yourself on it. And yeah. Well, I hope that's that's part of what we're doing is educating people. And um, for people dealing with anxiety, whether postpartum anxiety or generalized anxiety in any way, I think um, something you and I kind of touched on but didn't really focus on was it's it's hard not to feel guilty because you know that everything that all of your reactions, you know, mine and yours, especially being this like this rage and this anger, um, Afterwards, the guilt, I think, further perpetuates the anxiety because you don't want to start screaming at people you love. You don't want to, you know, I I yelled at a woman working at Tim Hortons. The poor, poor lady was just trying to do her job and I just lost my shit on her and I felt really, really guilty. Yeah, the guilt is definitely there. Um, There's many times where I've had to apologize to the kids and, you know, I'm really sorry that I yelled at you. You did not deserve that. I'm And, you know, again, it comes in with the conversation I've had with my daughter and it's, you know, sometimes I don't know how to handle my emotions and my feelings. And when I'm really stressed, um, this is how, you know, I explode and, you know, and I hate having these conversations with her, but I mean, she's 10. She, she's, I guess, partially understands Mm -hmm. that and, you know, her mom. So she's still, of course, going to say, well, I love you no matter what. Yeah. But, you know, I totally relate to that guilt feeling and it's it's I think and it feeds in again to the anxiety because it's just again part of that vicious cycle yeah absolutely and you know what I think my personal opinion is um it's it's really building character in your daughter you know and especially I think it's great that you tell her and I do the same with my my kids are little I mean they have I don't explain to them that oh you know mommy's got something I don't tell them anything about what's going on with me but if I do have an outburst and I yell at my daughter for something that's a totally normal behavior for a four-year-old I will do exactly as you said and tell her I'm really sorry you didn't deserve that because I think kids need to understand that parents can uh can do things wrong as well and we acknowledge it and we apologize for it and uh, I think you're building character in your daughter you know I think she's going to understand and be maybe a little more compassionate when she maybe encounters people in her life that are dealing with mental health issues absolutely absolutely I I really do hope so Um, actually I, I feel like just the taking a step back and telling her I'm sorry for having yelled at her has already kind of rubbed off on her. They're, um, you know, hormonal preteen. So there's times where she'll snap. And one time she yelled at my husband and he kind of just stood there and was like, what? And she took a step back and she took a deep breath and she turned around and she's like, you know what? I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have yelled at you like that. She's like, I'm upset and I don't know why. She's like, I think I'm going to go to my room. Wow. Um, So yeah, so she was, uh, so my husband was really shocked that she uh, caught herself and was able to, you know, understand that her feelings were irrational and she actually apologized for it. He was really impressed. And then he told me about it and I told him, I'm like, well, there are times where I lose my my shit and, and I yell at her to realize after wow, she's not the person I should have been yelling at. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it's been, um, I mean, she's learning. It's not an easy thing. It's not easy to parent 
when you have anxiety. And I'm sure it's not easy to be a child when you have a parent of anxiety. Right. Well, this uh, this has been really great talking to you about this because again, as I said, I I didn't fully understand it. And I didn't know that I didn't understand it. You know, I didn't, it's not that I ever thought depression and anxiety were not real things. It's not that I ever wanted to minimize them, but it's one of those experiences in life that I think um, you can't fully, fully comprehend until you've actually dealt with it. Um, but I mean, having having compassion is sort of enough for those people who have never dealt with mental health. Um, being open to getting educated and making sure that um, that you're supportive of people around you who are dealing with mental health. Lisa, this has been really, really awesome having you talk to us today. I think it um, it gives people a better understanding than, you know, talking to doctors or experts is actually hearing what somebody deals with. So thank you so much for being so open and talking with me today. Oh, no problem. Thanks again for having me. Anytime. All right, everybody, this has been Lisa and Amanda. You're listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone.